us a few seconds while Romanov joins, and then we will be underway. Hello. Oh, hello. How are you? Good, good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Wicked. That is good, <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how are you doing this fine evening? Not too bad. Uh, obviously, really busy the last couple of weeks uh, preparing for Christmas and New Year and this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's that time of the of the year, the crazy one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How are you? Doing fine. Yeah. Uh, trying not to get out of the house too much because the traffic is terrible and everywhere you go, you're just stuck most of the time. A couple of days ago, yeah. a friend of mine invited me to have lunch uh, in like a city center. So I said, yeah, why not? It's a good idea. It took me like an hour and a half to get back. Oof. Yeah, it was it was annoying. Uh, it was the mix between the first day of Hanukkah and the finals of the World Championship, like the, the, ah. the soccer. Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, um, yeah, probably should have been wiser, but you know, at least at least the lunch was good. We had good hummus. Yeah. That's <laughs> the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, meeting friends is is one of the kind of more pleasant pastimes. Um, so. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I would like to start by saying that this is going to be our last space this year. Um, next week, we're going to skip because of the festivities and preparations and everybody is going to be either busy or on vacation. So the next one after this is actually going to be uh, two days after B birthday, which will be on January 3rd. Yeah. Try to prepare something nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so... Um, I think it's a good opportunity to go over this very challenging year and um, talk about uh, the future as well. Yeah, a lot, a lot taken place over the last year, that is for sure. Way too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, even though we, we don't like usually talk about this much, but um, the year was actually very, uh, very like crazy starting with, uh, you know, we just kind of started to get out of this uh, COVID pandemic. And then uh, the war between Russia and Ukraine started. So, and um, as you know, many, like probably most in terms of numbers, uh, developers of BIM uh, are living in those areas and then either directly, uh, you know, his own uh, or kind of around it. And many of them had to leave their countries and move around. Uh, many of them suffered all kinds of um, bombardments. And uh, so, first of all, I would like to be thankful that everybody is alive and uh, relatively healthy, which is, which is good. And uh, yeah, I, I truly would hope that next year uh, this uh, craziness would end in some way, the soon, sooner the better, and uh, we could go back to our normal ways of life, uh, especially for people who live there. So that's kind of, um, uh, you know, the, in, term, in terms of general uh, situation in the world of safety. Um, now, obviously, we have been also experiencing this uh, kind of a bear market, uh, which is funny because, um, you know, first, uh, many governments printed a lot of money to deal with the pandemic, and then they have raised 
uh, the, the percentages on, you know, so, so to remove this extra money they put into the streets, yeah. which kind of, and yes. So they created the inflation and they, they started fighting with that inflation. It was all very confusing. <laughs> yeah, to say the least, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they, they have uh, uh, kind of uh, went a little bit, I think, uh, off the handle with the printing stuff back back in the day. And uh, uh, obviously the war also didn't add uh, uh, anything good to that situation because of the rising prices, prices for um, gas and uh, uh, oil and all that. So... It was a very uh, strange uh, kind of situation, uh, you know, created a lot, a lot of chaos all around the world. Um, and also because of this downward market, we saw a lot of different weird and crazy things happening all, all over, um, mostly bankruptcies from all kinds of different organizations. Uh, some of them I think were actually, I would say kind of help, good bankruptcies in, in a way that they, they exposed um, the long-running schemes and scams and whatever to uh, basically just, you know, uh, you, you use the fact that when everything rises, everything looks so good, uh, people just get uh, very trustful with their money where they shouldn't and should be more suspicious. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Celsius and uh, obviously FTX are good examples of uh, things that should not have happened. Yeah, and I and I think one of the coolest parts of all this is that while these guys were blowing up and and whatever and and all of them of trickery became exposed, most of crypto or or like the DeFi apps and this kind of stuff all held up pretty well, bar of course some some massive. Uh, hacks. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, so, from the BIM perspective, um, we started this year, uh, actually close the last year of 2021, uh, with a uh, 6.2 release, which happened to be the last release in the 6 uh, series, and uh, then we worked uh, for about five months, and then in May we have released the next hard fork version, which was the 7.0, and it um, added a lot of improvements, uh, especially to the decentralized application support, um, and we also reduced uh, eventually the cost of minting a new asset on Beam, which has also um, improved uh, kind of the amount of projects that engaged with Beam uh, following that you know re re reduced price. Uh, later in the year, uh, we added a lot of new functionality, decentralized app store, and uh, the asset swap marketplace being, I think, the most notable ones. And we also created several applications, even though uh, we did not complete the um, roadmap that we intended to by the end of the year. We intended to launch at least three more uh, DeFi applications, which are still uh, coming, but not, were not released like uh, as they were supposed to before the end of the year. I think uh, we did release bands. We have improved the NFT gallery, um, and we also um, started our journey towards the DAO governance, which was an important one. Definitely far from finished, uh, but at least we uh, did the first steps, and I think it was uh, it was good overall for Beam. Now. Um, 
in general, like, I would like to kind of do two things today. First of all, try to understand um, what changed in crypto this year. And I promise not to go, uh, you know, too much into uh, philosophical thoughts, but rather keep it very specific and, uh, and practical. And also try to understand uh, where we see ourselves as a project uh, in, in the next upcoming year. And uh, um, so first of all, let's start with this kind of uh, overview of, of what happened. So first of all, Ethereum merge happened, right? That was the one of the major events, uh, September 15th, I think it was. Yeah, and this this has been like a while in the in the making and soon TM for a, for a very long time. Yeah, so it was a very event. Um, it actually, um, in my opinion, uh, was. I, I know it's funny to say that uh, while people were waiting for this to happen for I don't know two or three or five years, but uh, it actually happened a bit too early, I think. And some important um, things that should have been included in that merge uh, were not included. I'm, I'm talking about the uh, PBS, the producer-builder separation, because what happened after the merge created this new kind of economy for Ethereum, which was no longer driven by miners, but rather by validators. But these validators um, has, have created this new kind of ecosystem with uh, block builders who were supposed to be completely separate uh, and then this new structure which is mostly operated by through flashbots uh, marketplace uh, was created and it actually favors a lot the stakers for ethereum so this ethereum stakers they get most of the profits from all of the uh, mev that is uh, detected and uh, it's very kind of uh, lucrative uh, position that they are in right now. And it does not properly guarantee, in my opinion, censorship resistance, which is a big problem. And yeah. um, um, in overall, it creates, in my opinion, a situation where the centralization of these processes will only increase with, uh, as you know, as time goes by, because the more you stake, the more you get, and eventually you will see like several uh, large organizations, like even today, I think, uh, most of the staking power is controlled by like five or six organizations which are on the top of that staking list. And I think it's uh, not a good idea, um, you know, overall. Also, the flashbots are massively influential uh, in the space. And uh, also the Ethereum clients are not uh, kind of diverse enough. Um, so there are a lot of issues that Ethereum will need to overcome to become truly kind of decentralized blockchain. Uh, however, at the same time, it's important to emphasize that Ethereum has been the dominant ecosystem throughout the entire year and will probably continue to do so because none of the other kind of contenders for that space, like Cosmos or Polkadot, are nowhere near uh, the adoption rates uh, or the kind of amount of applications running on them. So Ethereum um, has almost become a like, standard de facto of the industry, like alongside EVM. Yeah, it's it's been pretty interesting to see the amount of kind of on-chain activity increase in the in the last couple of years, and and much of it being on Ethereum, and and if you stretch it out further, like uh, the EVM 
taking a, a big market share or whatever you call it for for on-chain kind of activities yeah absolutely um now you know when we look at the picture i don't know maybe a couple of years ago uh, there was kind of more diversity in, uh, uh, you know, approaches to uh, all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, different types of ecosystems, different attempts to create um, new architectures, new virtual machines. Uh, um, and right now, it's kind of very uh, clear that at least if you want adoption, if you, if you want liquidity, you obviously start as a new project, you start with Ethereum and EVM chains. Um, and uh, I, I think it's it's kind of um, uh, you know it's a natural process, right? So like the, the more adopted uh, technology, uh, not necessarily maybe the best one, but the more popular one and the one which is easier to create applications for uh, wins in the long run. And as you said, we saw that DeFi, uh, especially the top kind of established protocols, have done really well in terms of stability in terms of performance. Uh, and uh, I think uh, obviously the AMM pools, Uniswap and others, the lending protocols, Aave especially, and uh, uh, obviously stable coins like MakerDAO and Liquity have done really well through very difficult times. Um, and I think it's a great sign that we, we see like what's working and what's not working, like Luna is not working. Um, and uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, and it's very and it's very important to um, you know kind of understand this because when everything is rising, obviously you cannot see the problems. When things are falling down, crashing down really quickly, you see exactly where uh, the DeFi protocols have the advantage of uh, uh, using the overcollateralization for stability or bringing liquidity quickly. So overall, mind is that DeFi works really, really well. Uh, especially compared to many kind of uh, centralized institutions and ways of doing things. And it's a great sign. Um, so from BIM perspective, as you know, one of the things on, on our roadmap is integration of the EVM. And um, I, I think it's, uh, it, you know, kind of an essential step for us uh, to uh, expand the developer ecosystem, like bring applications uh, that currently run uh, on EVM to BIM. It will allow us you know, easier adoption, obviously, from the developer perspective, even though uh, we did create uh, our own virtual machine and it's working well and so good, but it's very difficult to <laughs> you know, uh, learn and it's difficult to switch developers from the technologies that yeah. So yeah, that would be, I think, a big boost for Beam in general. Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, it kind of take shape after this. I think, especially with like EVM compatibility and the BVM, and and see like which kind of emerges from there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now. Uh... We still like see a lot of strange things in uh, you know when you look at the coin market cap top uh, even ten cryptocurrencies. You you don't uh, you don't have to go too far down to start seeing uh, yeah rather yeah. rather strange. With all with all due respect, I'm, uh, Dogecoin, Cardano, come on, like, it, it's it's still <laughs> crazy. 
but I think overall, uh, overall, especially because of the bear market, the amount of kind of uh, craziness has reduced. Like, I mean, not reduced, but the amount of scammy projects that are appearing just, you know, to make a quick buck is, is reducing overall. I think the influencers and their kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, attempts to, to, to draw people into clear scams that, that also on the decline in general, even though it still happens. Um, and, and it's a good sign. It's a good sign. I think it's, uh, um, it's important for Decos in general. However, one thing that did not improve significantly, and it's very unfortunate, is uh, the security of the, uh, the like smart contracts. The auditing does, does help, but does not prevent uh, big hacks from happening. And there is still a lot to be done in educating people how to use cryptocurrency, how to store the keys, how to, uh, you know, um, manage their uh, crypto holdings. Still a lot of people, way too many people are relying on uh, custodial solutions and storing their, you know, assets somewhere which is not in their uh, hardware wallet. Uh, I think that the situation with the FTX really kind of opened the eyes of many people on how safe your money actually is when, you know, it's not your keys. Um, yeah. I think one of the kind of saddest, um, for me at least, examples uh, is what happened to the Solana ecosystem um, because a lot of projects were uh, forced or kind of motivated some way or the other to store their treasuries at FTX. And these projects just lost funding. And uh, we're talking about good projects that really tried to, to create uh, uh, something like, you know, very uh, important, positive. And suddenly just wake up, uh, you know, uh, one morning after working so hard uh, and being so proud that such a big organization as FTX invested in you. And you realize that, you know, all your money is actually gone and you have absolutely no chance of getting it back. I think it's very frustrating and sad. And, um, I hope the good projects will still be able to survive um, or maybe raise again and, uh, uh, you know, hold their ground to, because I think this is very important work that they all have been doing. Um, but it definitely opened the eyes of, of most people, I think, on the fact that regardless how big the organization is that holds your funds, if it's not your, your funds for you, you are in danger. Exactly. And, and like this became even clearer i but i feel like it's it's very to get people away from these centralized services like uh one of my friends who i probably should be talking about him but whatever one of my friends who's not like a super into crypto uh i was talking to him in a in a group chat the other day and he was saying oh i moved by my like uh i don't know what he had i moved my coins off binance because of all the like chatter about binance and i said oh okay cool that's like whatever about the fud or or whatever's being talked about it's always a good thing to do uh <laughs> but then his follow-up was i i moved them from binance to crypto.com and i thought oh, oh. Like, so so close yet so far uh and and like i think it's gonna be difficult and I don't know how it will happen to, to really like incentivize self-custody if not for like the biggest exchanges and the biggest lending platforms blowing up, then I'm not sure uh, yeah. what the catalyst will be. 
Now, yeah, so th this problem is actually one of, I, I would say, like three or four kind of top problems in crypto right now is yeah. uh, key management in general, uh, how to allow uh, safe custody for not only individuals, but also organizations where it's more difficult. Like if you are a big bank or an exchange, obviously you have very expensive solutions today. Uh, and you need a team of people just, just to support it. But if you're a small business or you really want a safety of uh, uh, holding your funds, you know, and really uh, only uh, kind of uh, allowing you or, or people you trust to uh, access them, but at the same time, you want some kind of safety that if you lose your key, it's not like all gone in a second. Uh, this is something that... Um, Quite a few projects today are trying to solve, uh, so I hope it will improve in 2023. This is actually one of the areas that I think a lot of research and uh, development money will go to in next year. Now, yeah. uh, good news about that on the BIM front, uh, as you probably heard, we are um, working right now on the uh, Ledger um, hardware world for BIM. Uh, back in the day, we started with Trezor. We could not make them integrate BIM. And now, uh, due to really amazing, uh, magical-like efforts of uh, Vladi, uh, core BIM developer, uh, we are very close to actually putting uh, BIM on, on the ledger. And uh, uh, it will work on uh, both the older Ledger Nano S and the newer Nano S+. Um, the Nano S Plus has more processing power and has more memory, so it's been a little bit easier, but the old Ledger Nano S is more popular. And um, Vladi is really doing, I don't know, magical tricks. Uh, he, he had to rewrite, because obviously in Beam, uh, we have quite, um, you know, quite an intense calculations that we need to do for bulletproofs. And uh, he's been doing crazy stuff there to try to fit all that into this tiny memory space on this very, very old device. It was actually old, like when, when it was out, right? It's, it's really minimal. And uh, it seems to be working. So we really hope that in the next uh, few weeks, we will release uh, support for the ledger. Yeah. Which is amazing. Is, it's a huge, like, uh, achievement and, and going to be very useful, like, in, in the coming days, weeks, months, and years. Like, it'll be a huge addition to being able to safely hold on to your beam and, and store them in a hardware wallet. Very yeah, cool. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, we, we, we think that uh, it will, uh, you know, really be useful for uh, beam holders uh, in general and the institutional ones in particular. Um, so... One of the things that, uh, or additional thing uh, that I'd be very uh, interesting to watch and observe in uh, 2023 is the development of layer two technologies, specifically uh, ZK rollups. Uh, yeah. As you probably just very recently, Aztec raised $100 million from uh, Anders Norwitz and other investors uh, for um, for their like uh, solution for the uh, ZK rollups, the layer two solution. And um, also Polygon has just announced that uh, they're launching the second testnet for their ZK EVM solution. So it's going to be a very interesting competition between uh, these different uh, companies uh, that are working on uh, zero knowledge layer two. Now, it's a good thing. And I think it, it solves 
kind of one of the uh, like other big problems, which is the problem of scalability. But what is also interesting about it in our context is that they also mention privacy quite a lot in the in the announcements and all over the media. You see that they raise hundred million from A sixteen Z for privacy focused layer two solutions, right? Yeah, this is like it's very cool to see money being put towards privacy and crypto. I think that's like a huge win for, for anyone building privacy-oriented tech and, and crypto. Yeah, I agree. However, uh, I, I think there is kind of some problem with or kind of uh, misleading uh, use of the term privacy here because um, and that's why I generally prefer uh, the term confidentiality uh, for Beam. But privacy in the context of uh, ZK rollups is what I call the privacy for the big guy. Why? Because eventually what's happening is that the aggregator of these transactions, the one that receives all the transactions and generates the proofs, is the one that sees all the information and has the ability to store it. So yes, when you get the transactions on chain eventually, they are more private from others' eyes, you know, people who are competitors or like other traders for sure. But it's still accessible by governments or other organizations that, you know, can reach to this aggregator and say, oh, um, how would you like to, you know, keep the logs of those transactions and give us those logs and trace out certain things? And uh, uh, they can all um, censor transactions, you know, obviously according to different rules. So th this is very different from the privacy when we talk about privacy in Beam or if you talk about privacy in Monero, because we are talking about the privacy for the little guy, right? Yeah. And this is actually very interesting because one of the reasons that uh, everybody is waiting, like why, why would they invest this huge amount of money in the bear market for this solution? And the reason is because it really solves a huge problem. It solves the problem of uh, getting faster access to liquidity on uh, decentralized networks. Now, when you talk about big organizations, yes, they could have established their own kind of private, you know, internal blockchains and do this. But this always limits players. And obviously, you are interested in as many players as well to provide liquidity as quickly as possible. And ZK rollups do exactly that. And also, it solves the problem of privacy for players, but not, you know, from censorship or from kind of centralized control, but rather from kind of other players in the market who do not have the capacity to, uh, you know, access this internal information of companies. And uh, this is why I think such a big kind of investment was made. Because the first one to solve it, and it's specifically on Ethereum, because as we said, uh, Ethereum is uh, kind of the center point, the focal point of all of this activity. Uh, like go with Solana, they wouldn't go quicker protocols uh, because there's not enough liquidity there, but rather you are solving this issue directly on, uh, you know, the most popular chain with the most liquidity already. Uh, I think that's why they're so kind of interested in seeing this happen. Yeah, makes sense. Now, uh, this brings us to the question um, of what should we do? We as been. And uh, uh, I'm kind of voicing my own, you know, uh, thoughts here and filter thoughts, but this is like my opinion. 
not necessarily uh, of everyone else at BIM or in the community in general, uh, in order to kind of generate this discussion. So <clears throat> the question here is, can we succeed as an independent chain in terms of like, you know, just um, how would I put it? You know, basically keep doing what we're doing, right? So we're Beam. So you have more applications on Beam, more development on Beam, like and and basically succeed succeed as Beam. Or do we need to think about more kind of using the Beam technology in integration with other? Um, not necessarily projects, but like other directions in the market and try to uh, create um, uh, like opportunities in this way. And I, I'll try to explain what I mean. So let's take the first approach, right? We, we see, for example, um, let's say Zcash and Monero, right? Two projects that were around when we started. Yeah. Now, First of all, I would like to say that Monero did actually really well, uh, I think, in this last year, uh, in terms of the uh, you know performance, uh, and uh, it's impressive. But at the same, like um, there was no major, I think, uh, evolution there. They kind of remained the same in 2018 in most aspects. So. There were incremental improvements, uh, which are also very important, both in, uh, for Zcash, it was the speed of uh, uh, confidential transactions there, and uh, for Monero, it was the improved anonymity set, uh, but there was no kind of major shift or change in what they can do, right? Yeah. Um, and um, I'm not sure, like, even, even though at Beam we did like make a lot more things in terms of the technology we developed. We have added smart contracts. We have really improved our wallet ecosystem. But I'm not sure, like even with all of these improvements, it's just like playing this, you know, standalone blockchain thing now in the year 2023 um, is going to cut it. So it's it's an open question, right? Nobody knows. I don't know. And obviously, I would love to to hear your opinion about this. Yeah, and, and of course, there's like pros and cons to, to each approach and, and this kind of thing as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there is also not, there is, there is no answer. Like, you know, it's not a quiz. There is no answer at the end. No. Um, <laughs> so, there, like, even with, like, okay, so let's say we do add, like, like, already we added the virtual machine, the EVM, um, and then we created, let's say, the, the kind of, um, uh, thing that we talked about, the sidechain infrastructure, which allows you to run several uh, beam-powered chains alongside each other with different consensus models. And let's say we even had integrated this IBC-like uh, mechanism, the inter-blockchain protocol that allows you to move assets easily uh, from one sidechain to another uh, with less risks than, let's say, centralized bridges. Even if we did all that, we would be somewhere around where I would say, like, if Monero married Cosmos or something, you know, like this area, right? So you, you do have a lot of functionality, but is it enough to really gain traction in, in this year? Considering we are probably going to be in the, bull, in the bear market, I'm sorry, for the most of the year, and we really do need to focus our energy on building something that will 
create more benefit when the bear market ends, like, is this the way to go? That's, that's the question number one. A very, a very good question for the first one. And, and one that like, uh, I mean, you need time to see it play out and, and see the answer to it, I guess. And, and even then it's not going to be a, a, a black and white answer. Um, no. And, and a lot to discuss in the community and, and this kind of thing on, on what the best direction is in, in this regard. I think like I've expressed my opinions on the spear, but I'm like, <laughs> uh, but, but obviously like uh, I, I too will be the first to admit to that I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just, uh, uh, I think an hour ago, um, there was this uh, thread on Twitter about the like uh, the Messari report that was uh, uh, just published. Yeah, one hundred and sixty odd pages of the like where crypto's at kind of thing, right? I think they do yeah. yearly, yearly, right? Yeah, and uh, it's it's usually uh, a very uh, thorough and uh, kind of um, you know uh, well constructed uh, overview uh, of. Uh, you know, the trends and the different uh, concepts that the market, uh, the crypto has been experiencing during the year and uh, trying to extrapolate from that on what is going to happen like next year. So Messari is a very, uh, you know, interesting organization. They, they collect and they see a lot of data. So I really like to read the reports. Now, specifically in this one on the page uh, 86, I think it was, let me find it because I think it's very interesting. So, they talk about privacy coins and private transactions, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, here they, they, they formulated it in, in this kind of longer form, but in the tweet, uh, it was really funny because like, oh, like, uh, yeah, Zcash is great, but if, if only there was a level, layer one cryptocurrency with end-to-end -end privacy, and I'm like, you mean like Beam? I mean, that's exactly what we are, right? And it's, it's like everybody is looking for the solution which we have, and yeah. uh, it's so funny. And I think, like, wait a minute, we did build that. Why, why, why won't you even mention us? Why don't you do a research and you know try to understand what happened? Because um, in the report, which is, is as you mentioned, is one hundred and sixty something pages long, uh, they do talk about Monero and Zcash, which is crazy. Like, uh, where, when are we? Like, we, what are we in two thousand seventeen or something? Like, <laughs> I mean. Um, and, and they ask tech as kind of privacy-oriented solution because, as I said, it is a privacy, but not privacy for everyone. And um, they do mention Tornado Cash, which I think, by the way, is one of the more uh, alarming developments uh, from the regu regulatory standpoint in this year because it was the first time in history as you know when the centralized protocol was added to. <laughs> sanctions list, right? And uh, I'll talk about that in a minute. But basically, what it means that, and they mention it, like Ethereum is going not, not going to solve the end-to-end -end privacy on layer one, right? That's not going to happen, not in the near future, probably not ever. Yeah. But which solution are you going to use uh, to provide this privacy? And I layer two ZK rollups. It's it's good, but but it's not it's not enough. It's not you know the best approach. Definitely not for censorship, and definitely not for 
you know, limiting, um, I would say, you know, uh, surveillance, uh, governance, inter government interference, and, and things like that. Um, and uh, maybe we should reach out to, to, to these Misari people, like kind of point them into the right direction, but um, it's a problem. It's a problem when you do have the solution, nobody knows about you. Uh, yeah, we obviously don't have enough traction and enough uh, market cap to be like uh, uh, even there with Zcash and Monero, but uh, I do technological uh, improvements that we made and the tools that we do have inside Beam uh, are are there and they're ready to solve many of those problems that are mentioned even in, in this report. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think like, I, I just want to say that I agree with what you mentioned about like the layer twos and the ZK rollups and this kind of thing, especially given like the tornado cash situation that that seems like a kind of suboptimal approach to solving like cryptos overarching need for privacy and and i mean one of the cool things that i think we saw with tornado cash last year was that there is a real like demand for privacy uh like there's definitely people out there that are wanting to transact privately wanting to separate their accounts and this kind of stuff and and i think like that was great to see the sanction stuff was obviously uh not so great at all yeah uh, yes, about it uh, at length uh, in previous spaces about the Tornado Cash story. So uh, we're not going to repeat ourselves, but indeed there is a demand, uh, and we see it all over the place. Like we see it, like mentioned by Vitalik, and we see it mentioned here in the Missile Report. We see it mentioned everywhere. And uh, what they don't understand, like in many cases, is that this kind of you know centralized privacy. I would say, like when somebody can see what you're doing, but others can. It's not um, it's not solving the problem for for people who really need privacy. Like people who live, I don't know, uh, in, in situations where you need privacy or you know your life will be in danger. That's that's not the solution. Yeah, uh, and it's important to realize now. Um, so what about like the second approach? Okay, so what if we don't say we will succeed just like you know just as Beam when we will just you know keep building and uh, talking about. It. Um, what are the alternatives that we can talk about? And I would like to kind of suggest several different directions we can look at. Um, so first of all, <clears throat> uh, I would like to mention source. And I know that many people in the community uh, don't really like our the kind of defocusing from the main goal of the project and uh, totally kind of get that. But I think source was a very interesting example because even though it was that you know could not raise money eventually and was currently frozen in some way, but we did invest uh, our resources as being like the people and you know, the effort to to build it, and we managed to very quickly uh, create something really amazing, which used all of the existing building blocks that we already have. Our wallets, the IPFS integration, the blockchain, which is confidential, the smart contract. And in a matter of a few weeks, we have created a working concept of decentralized and completely private uh, Git repository, which, you know, if you scale it properly, can compete with GitHub. Yeah. And this is like, 
as you said, using the the tech that Bean has and and all the great things that it comes with for something that's not like exactly Bean, and and you could Absolutely. use it, you could use it and not know that you're using Bean, and and this like this is very similar to my thesis about like how crypto will be in, in 10 years or whatever, people will be using it for gambling or using it to make payments <laughs> and this kind of thing. They're already using it for gambling, but uh, they'll be using it for all kinds of daily things. And, and they won't, they won't have to think about like, Oh, I'm using uh, Ethereum or I'm using beam and where's my seed phrase and, and this kind of stuff. It'll, it'll be, far like smoother and and crypto will be operating on like the the underlying rails and this <laughs> kind of stuff no that that could very well be be a situation in 10 years but you know i i, I would like to <laughs> to understand what to do now <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I agree so no but but i see this as an example of two things first of all uh, our technology beam technology for non-financial web3 applications yeah. And we do see quite uh, kind of um, interest in this kind of applications all over from decentralized social or DSOC as it's called, and also uh, all kinds of tools. For example, specifically source would be, I think, a great answer to the problem of developers being uh, held accountable like legally for the code that they write as an open source and it's used as we saw in the tornado cash case and we keep seeing kind of these attempts to try to tie developers uh into this um uh, process of you know regulating how the code is used and it's once again you know in many daily applications privacy is essential component that you now get through centralized entities uh, in some way or another and i think that we can potentially very interesting decentralized applications that, you know, give you much better level of privacy while at the same time uh, providing like very similar uh, services and, uh, you know, applications, basically. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> now, another another direction we could potentially look at, and it's a, it's a more difficult one um, because, <clears throat> you know, it requires probably, you know, having partnerships with some strong kind of, uh, uh, you know, organizations in the space. Otherwise, it would be difficult to, to, to implement. But the idea is that you, you can use BIM um, as this underlying infrastructure for kind of sort of layer two solutions on top uh, that don't necessarily even use BIM. Like, by the way, this is an interesting point. Uh, when we implemented source, we wanted to uh, allow people to use the source token uh, to pay for the service without actually using Beam. And since you need Beam to pay for transactions and the transaction fees, uh, we have created a, a way to subsidize these transactions. And that's why, for example, we have a decentralized faucet on Beam. Now, this is something that's not even possible on Ethereum. You cannot send an Ethereum transaction without, without having gas. Like, what I'm saying is that we have a lot of interesting technological tricks that we can use in many ways, and then try to create this kind of uh, layer two um, on top of BIM ecosystem to allow organizations to trade with uh, confidentiality. And since we have these SBBS communication channels with wallets, 
and we can co-sign the transactions and we have multi-sig implementation. We try to establish this more, I hate this word, but like enterprise oriented in some way or like big players oriented uh, networks that allow you to um, transfer assets between players on top of BIM. But once again, this requires finding a use case, approaching a big organization and saying, listen, now you're using your private network or whatever, or Ethereum when everyone can see what you're doing. Let's try uh, building this on top of BIM. So it's kind of another direction I could think about theoretically trying. Absolutely, and, and makes sense. With the with the last like the last approach you mentioned, kind of be similar to how uh, now I've totally forgotten the name. Uh, the side chain or uh, layer two on Bitcoin. I forgot the name of it, but it was by uh, the BTC guys, Samsung Mao, and that kind of thing. Also, uh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Well, like kind of a similar approach, obviously like totally different uh, product in the, yeah. in the essence. Right? Yeah. So like instead of, um, instead of uh, creating a side chain or um, I, I think they did create a side chain, right? They, they have this kind of different yeah. chain running. Yeah. Okay. So. No. So instead of creating a side chain, it, you can just create this virtual layer of abstraction on top of Beam. So for example, let's say you and I, uh, we want to perform some transaction, right? The settlement eventually can happen on chain, but before the settlement, what we can do, and we do have all of these primitives implemented in Beam, uh, we can create an encrypted communication channels, exchange information, sign contracts, uh, you know, lock assets, transfer assets, do whatever we want. Uh, using like escrows or smart contacts to enforce certain conditions and only then like eventually settle on chain. So in terms of, uh, it's not for uh, quick trading, it's not for algo trading or any kind of quick transactions, but it does allow organizations or people to uh, move assets uh, confidentially without kind of, uh, uh, you know, exposing themselves in any way. And it's more like a, of an internal trading, right? So it's, like it's not, uh, it's more complicated just than just sending a simple transaction because it did, does integrate into some existing ecosystem of, of you know, um, an enterprise or whatever, but it does allow you this uh, ability to do that on public chain in completely confidential manner. So this is kind of the, the idea I was going with. This makes sense. And, and like, I think that, it, especially for like uh, bigger institutions and, and corporate bodies and this kind of stuff, they are more like familiar with their transactions being private, obviously, and, and the benefits that come with them. And I think this type of stuff scares a lot of players when it comes to trading on the likes of Ethereum where there's little to no privacy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, these organizations that, they treat privacy as an essential kind of feature, right? They will not, they're not going to transact without it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, I will mention a couple more ideas briefly. Um, so for example, uh, the DAO governance, right? The DAO governance uh, is uh, something that, uh, you know, usually happens in some you know, application, whether centralized or decentralized. But once again, uh, if you are doing this on, 
Ethereum or most other networks uh, that don't have privacy, you are exposing yourself to all kinds of problems. Like people know how you vote, people know what you're doing, how much you're staking, uh, and it's a problem. So we could try to go to this kind of um, idea of creating private applications for specific purposes, like DAO governance is being like one example. Uh, and another idea is uh, trying to use um, a beam as kind of like, uh, uh, I would say bridging solution, um, but ba basically trying to roll out all kinds of decentralized services uh, on top of beam. Uh, like, like you're probably familiar with REN protocol, right? They're doing this decentralized bridging solution where you have like many nodes uh, using MPC to, to control uh, the process of transferring assets between chains or something like that. Yeah, makes sense. And, and this kind of thing, uh, like these kind of products have already shown like decent product market fit. like people are wanting to move their stuff across chain, whether it's Bitcoin to Ethereum and, and this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think the REP solutions like WBTC uh, is very popular. Yeah. Uh, and for a good reason, because you are holding value in Bitcoin and you do want to participate in trading on Ethereum. Uh, but once again, in this specific case, it's crazy centralized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so th that's kind of the um, considerations. And uh, as promised, we're going to publish a Beam Roadmap update uh, by our birthday. And all of these uh, thoughts and the directions that we uh, kind of talked about today uh, are going to also be mentioned there. So uh, it, will, it will all will be you know, laid out in an organized way. Um, but I think this, this is very important uh, for Beam. And I'm not talking about like in, in more strategical approach because yeah, obviously we have our roadmap set for the next at least six months. We're talking about like sidechains and EVM, all of these things are happening. We have a lot of work to think up and on the DAO, but I think that like this is um, kind of a period of opportunity to build. And I think it's very important to try to arrive in kind of the more coherent strategy in terms of like what is most likely to work for the project, for the adoption, that's eventually what we want. Uh, you know, it, it's great that we have amazing privacy. You know, what's the point if home uses it? Um, so I, I don't want, like what, what I'm saying is that we don't want to change uh, our way in terms of like what we are doing and what the technologies that we're providing. But what we would like to do is to find a good strategy to um, implement in this upcoming year, because I believe like most of it is going to be really slow in terms of the market, at least initially, and arrive uh, in, with the best possible offering in terms of privacy for the crypto ecosystem, uh, you know, when things are starting to speed up again. Absolutely. And, and this is also like to do with onboarding new people to the beam ecosystem or like if if just to give an example we like focused really heavily on something like uh the similar to rem bridges or whatever uh this is also going to get people into beam and and interested in it learn more partake in the like native beam ecosystem and this kind of thing in my opinion yeah 
I, I agree. Yeah, we also we also removed the check marks uh, uh, finally. So the check marks are gone and never <laughs> never returning. Yeah, uh, everybody is is, uh, is equal now. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm kidding. Which, is, uh, <laughs> which was meant to be the case like a while back, and and there was no like ill intention with the time of it coming to fruition. Uh, this things as you know take time uh we do have a question alex in the beam community chat i yeah. think a few spaces ago maybe five or so <clears throat> excuse me we mentioned that the that we may split the spaces up into two we have one uh this one which is more general and, and talks about a bit of stuff happening in crypto a bit of stuff happening in beam this kind of stuff uh and another one that would be more of a developer focused spaces Mm -hmm. Do we have any news regarding that? Uh, well, no. I mean, like I, I uh, I'm really for, for for like if you if you think like or, or let let's do it like that. We can have a quick poll in terms of like who is going to attend uh, because if it's going to be, I mean, not that I have any problem speaking with people one on one. I really don't. Uh, but I just want to understand that uh, uh, you know enough people are interested, and then we will definitely have uh, a separate space for that, uh, including uh, you know every once in a while uh, maybe bringing a developer on board and talking to them. So yeah, I think it's possible. Uh, that's one option. The second option is to uh, split uh, you know this space into a fixed kind of uh, fixed uh, division because. Uh, obviously, we can talk for an hour about technical topics, and then we can talk for an hour about gen. Uh, but you know, that's you know, we, we can we can split it fifty-fifty or whatever, like uh, talk half an hour or stuff or, or whatever. So yeah, I'm open to all suggestions. Uh, and uh, the poll, uh, yeah, 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 I'm voting. <laughs> I'm voting yes. I'm voting yes. Uh, I'll. 100% of people who vote it are going to attend. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I really I really appreciate uh, the recent uh, input from the community. Uh, even though I'm sometimes maybe sound like you know uh, I don't know how it sounds, but uh, keep it up I and mean, don't 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 mind me. Okay, just keep it up. And uh, uh, all of these uh, topics are very important. Obviously, it's very difficult, you know, uh, to consider all possible things like when we develop things uh, uh, very often we miss um, concepts and the ideas that may be obvious to other people uh, yeah I, I totally agree that this input is critical for us to succeed yeah absolutely and and like don't be afraid to ask whatever uh, sometimes you'll get an answer fast sometimes you might have to wait a bit no problem oh yeah and 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 one of the best like at least in my eyes, maybe I'm biased as, as one of the <laughs> people speaking in the space, but I reckon one of the best like places to ask these questions and this kind of stuff is the beam spaces. Like we're, we're here talking to you. Uh, we're not going to just ignore your questions because it will be very obvious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I totally agree. Um, okay. So, uh, ETA for an Explorer node upgrade. Uh, I, I don't have it right now. It's a question from the community about the uh, ETA for the Explorer node upgrade. Yeah. Uh, 
I will check this information and I will get back to you. Wicked. One second, I think I think there are some more questions coming. Yeah, no problem. And and we can stick around for a few extra to to get some questions because I've just said the best place to ask questions is a beam space and, and suddenly realize we won't be having one next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we also should uh, do a call for questions like in advance. I, I know that people don't usually have questions in advance. Yeah. They come up as, as we speak. But, you know, if they do, uh, it's always good to collect them and then we will... Um, we will be ready and prepared. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if we see, yeah, like in general, like before we wrap up and, and you know, say uh, goodbye for this year, if you have any ideas or thoughts uh, about like what the strategy should be or ideas how to uh, make, be more useful, more prominent, more, you know, known, you're always welcome, and we have a speaker request from uh, Mr. Jaturas. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to see if there was by any chance any update on the the, the Dex DAP um, in terms of development. Yes, yes, we were stuck a little bit on the front end, uh, and now we have finally uh, kind of figured out what exactly should be done there. And uh, I hope it's going to be released in really kind of beginning of January. Okay, yeah, that, that's all. And I'm really happy for the, the Ledger support. Um, great work. Thanks. Okay. In this case, um, thank you very much for being with us and supporting the project. It's really important to us. Next year, please stay safe. Do not invest your money in weird places. Not invest in the uh, And <laughs> stay healthy. Uh, enjoy the holidays. And we'll see you in 2023. Absolutely. Have a, have a great and safe end of the year. Yeah. And thank you all. Happy New Year's. Yeah. Oh, Happy early New Year. Happy holidays. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.